ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. One in 100 Australians live with a stutter that affects their speech. So what's it like to have one and how can we best accommodate children and adults who do? Rich Stevens is the president of Say Australia, an organisation that supports young people and helps them to feel heard. And he himself is a person who stutters. Rich, welcome to Life Matters. Hello, good morning. It's great to be here. So tell us about your own experience with this and your stutter. Uh, was it something that was always there for you? Yeah, I uh, I trace it back to the first ever moment I spoke really and stuff or my memory of it. So I look back to when I was probably about three and a half years old, four years old, when started to talk more. Um, and that's probably when I realised, my parents realised that I had a stutter, that I found it hard to say the words that I wanted to say. And when was the first time you remember being worried or, or you know, concerned about that? I think... I think internally I felt quite early on it was there and I was different. Um, it was just a struggle to get my words out. But I suppose when I started spending a lot more time around other people, I think my family were great. They never, ever clipped my wings at all. But when I was in school, um, one of the things you might not know that for a lot of people who have a stutter, you find it hard to say your name. So if you think of all the times you have to say your name in school, um, yeah, it was then a realisation then when I was... Yeah, around that time that that I was different. I was hearing everyone well, everyone around me was fluent. They they could say their name, they could, you know, share their hopes, share their dreams, they could put their hand up in class and not be worried about um if they were gonna get the words out really. So around that time it was look, it was a struggle. I think internally I realised, yeah. I was very kind of different from everyone else around me and and I suppose externally, um, in school, in the movies, in books, on the street, in the malls, everywhere I went, I never heard another person who had a stutter, so I just thought it was me. Yeah. What changed? Did your stutter change as you got older? You um, speak fairly smoothly as we're, as, we're, as we're talking now. Yeah, I do today. Every day is very, very different. As a child, it was a lot stronger. Um, but I think as I got older, um, like I... I always had a stutter that was not as strong as probably other people I've met now. So obviously there's a spectrum and I suppose I was more to the end where it wasn't as strong. As I got older, yeah, I think um, I think for me, what helped me was probably finding a community where I wasn't and kind of constantly really thinking I had to hide it all the time and stuff. And I had a stutter where I was able to be a covert and what I mean by that, I could change words quite easily and stuff. I could avoid kind of talking or I could use a lot of normal interjections that would tend to kind of mask um, the pauses in my head or or the repetitions of the blocks. I I could, how do I say this? I could get away with it, if that makes sense. And does that masking happen a lot? Because I was looking at um, figures around the presence of um, stuttering in young people, in children, and it seems like it reduces as people get older. What is the the reason for that? Well, I think there's there's a high a number of children who would have a disfluency where where it could be classed as a stutter and it might not be classed. I think there are some kids who just, as they get older, it just tends to go. Um, and then you see a, a percentage of that, a small percentage of that, who will go on to have a persistent... Um, st um, st 
putter like myself. Um, so what you see, the numbers are higher in school these children, but as they do get older and stuff, you see that re- reduce quite greatly. Yeah. Throughout your your journey, um, you you did learn to be more comfortable with the way you spoke, and you uh, working as a psych nurse actually helped you get there. Um, how did that happen? Yeah, I um, you know I was in my early twenties, and yeah, I had to went to university the first time and to do IT because I realised I didn't probably you know I could email people and stuff, and I could hide on the back of a computer, and then just in my final year, I just came across it. I, uh, I had a cousin who was working in mental health and they were short of jobs and I just went there and it was just a beautiful experience really for, for me because I know for people I still to have a lot of labels like like you're stupid, you're anxious, you don't know the words you want to say, you know, you forget your name and stuff. And and when I worked in mental health, I was I just I was I was on the wards, I was, you know, surrounded by a lot of people who had labels and misconceptions and it was just talking, talking, talking to you know, to people to get to know their stories. And I realized in that space, I was still hiding it a lot, but I knew with the people I was working with, um, I felt more kind of comfortable in that space to really, or I suppose to really start the journey of, you know, acceptance as a word that is thrown about and stuff, but be to be more kind of comfortable with myself as a person who stutters while still hiding it a lot. Yeah. Well, you also, um, you know, you mentioned community a little bit earlier and how can that that can be really helpful for finding your voice. Um, and that's exactly what you did, joining a support group for people with a stutter in Manchester. Could you tell me a bit about how that changed your feelings about your stutter? Yeah, it was the first time in a space that, you know, I was in a circle of people where people were sharing their stories and the stories were totally different, all like from all kind of walks of life. But it was just... Is that shared shared experience really um, to know that other people have gone through what you've gone through? And even though our journeys are very like a very kind of different, it was those same those same experiences of wow, really finding it hard to say your name, you know, really finding it hard to talk on the on the phone, um, really having those moments in school where you were feeling isolated and all alone, and I suppose really confused. So so having that shared experience and just being around other people who stutter where. You know, kind of normally, if you're a person who stutters, um, communication is so fast, and and to get your view into anything, you have to find a gap um, when a conversation is happening. And if you lose that gap, then you lose your space in the conversation. And obviously, having a stutter, it's not as easy to speak. So in that space, it was really cool um, to just see that everybody was given time they needed to speak. Yeah. Oh, you're hearing from Rich Stevens, uh, who's the president of Say Australia, a uh, organisation um, that supports young people who stutter. Um, and I'm Nat Tenchich with you, filling in for Hilary Harper on Life Matters. And your organisation, Rich um, Say Australia, you work with young people who live with a stutter. Uh, how did you bring that that feeling of wanting to bring community and support to people to Australia? How did it get started? Yeah, so um, I was trained to be a speech in England. Um, so I was really on that path of really, you know, um, really having a better relationship as a person who stutters. And whilst I was in England, I was training, um, just had a bit of time off in the holidays and came across this this American organisation called the um, called the Stuttering Association for the Young and they had a summer camp in America. I'll be honest, sounded a bit cheesy, you know, kids have as much time as they need to speak, it's okay to have a stutter. 
I went or volunteered as um, as a bunk counsellor, a cabin counsellor in the summer camp they have over there for two weeks. And it just changed my world. I was in this space of, of 140 kids, 80 staff, half the staff are people who have a stutter. And it was just beautiful to see everybody just given as much time as they need to speak and nobody was telling everyone, anyone to slow down or to speak a certain way. Some kids were using their technique, some kids weren't. And no one cared how a person spoke. They just really cared about the words and they gave that space and time. And I saw that and, you know, many years later, sliding doors moment, I had the opportunity to bring it over to Australia where I knew there was a heavy influence on just working with kids in terms of fluency and stuff. There wasn't really a lot of work building a community and not a lot of work on the, I suppose, on the um, psychosocial elements of having a stutter. And when I knew that and when I came over here, look, it was an easy choice and to bring that community over there, here and stuff. And, you know, I, I have the best kind of job in the world and stuff as a person who stutters. I get to bring a community to these kids who, who pride to say Australia, they didn't have it. And, and the kids have um, shared glowing reviews of, of Camp Say and their experience there. Let's hear from Elliot, uh, one of the attendees, um, talk about his experience. Well, I didn't know two people that do um, stutter, which is my principal plus my great-grandfather, except I've never heard them stutter. So it was really nice to um, hear one more person stutter for the first time. How was Camp Say um, run, Rich? I mean, that's so sweet. That's so sweet yeah, to yeah. hear, you know, like what does it do for kids like Elliot to be around um, people who speak the same way? Yeah, look, it's really simple. Um, you know, we we provide this space of a lot of love, a lot of acceptance, a lot of empathy and lots of listening where the kids come. They have a summer camp experience, all the zip lining, all the leap of faith, the crazy canoeing we do, the water fights we have in there. But it's that when they come onto this site, when they come into our space, just to meet another kid who has a stutter. For the first time, a lot of those kids, like I think Elliot, as he said then and stuff, like um, he's met a few adults who they say they have a stutter, but as a kid, he, he's never heard it. And Elliot was one of the kids from day one he came. Uh, I was talking to his dad, I turned around and he's making friends straight away, another person who stutters and just the magic, the beauty that happens with that, just to know that you're not the only one who stutters and and like in this space, you speak how you want to speak. I don't tell people they have to accept or they have to be fluent. I just provide this safe space where they can just be their true authentic selves and they can make lots of friends and they don't have that thought of 24 kind of seven, am I going to stutter? Oh, I might have to hide it in our spaces. Hey. I can talk about all these things. I can talk about all my interests with other kids and there's someone like me who sounds like me. And it's not only one kid. Like, there were 20 kids and, and, and you know, he was making friends left, right and centre. So um, the confidence, hopefully, that he gets from that, hopefully that can, you know, we can take that back into school and, and home and, and, and everywhere he walks in life. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we, we sort of all have a responsibility here to accommodate and make people who start to feel comfortable. You spoke a bit about the challenges of entering um, when there's a pause or being part of the flow of conversation. So, Rich, what can we do to, you know, allow people who started to feel more comfortable in conversation to be themselves? Yeah, for me, it's really, it's really kind of simple. If you understand that, a person who has a stutter, the only kind of difference is they take just a bit longer to say the words than they want to say. If you understand that, then then it's a lot of patience, it's a lot, you know, a lot of love, and just give them the time that they need to 
to speak and hear their story and hear their story because they might, you know, they might want your help, you know, and concern tips and, you know, they might want you to help them in those moments if they're having a really hard time in, in terms of speaking. But, and for me, you know, it's so kind of simple when we, when we provide that space and the time for these kids or for adults or for anyone to speak, then all these hopes, all these dreams, all these thoughts, which might have been lost in the impatience of time when we give that, then, and then we truly hear these hopes and dreams of these kids and we hear them speak and we enjoy them. And we see that enjoyment of communication and that's what we want. We don't want our kids to be silent. Yeah. Rich, thank you so much for joining us and sharing your story as well and the story of these kids. Um, um, thanks for being here on Life Matters. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Rich Stevens is the president of Say Australia, the Stuttering Association for the Young. And we'll put up a link to their organisation on our website. You can read more about Camp Say um, via an article from the team at ABC Ballarat too. Uh, that link will be in the podcast um, show notes as well. Getting in touch with ABCRN is easy. Join the conversation live using the ABC Listen app's call and text features.